Hi, I'm Jen Naughton, and this is Bookish Society Secrets. In case you stumbled upon us, here's the sitch. We give you the inside dish, spoilers included, about the latest and greatest new books for kids and teens. Because I live by the mantra, so many books, so little time, I'm using this corner of the internet to boost authors and their stories. Hello, today I'm chatting with Cliff Burke, the author of An Occasionally Happy Family, which releases on May 18th, 2021. And according to our schedule, we're you're going to listen to this about a week before it's out. Hey, Cliff. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, An Occasionally Happy Family is the story of a 13-year-old boy whose family goes on a week-long vacation to Big Bend National Park in West Texas. And it's the first vacation that they've taken together since his mother has passed away. And soon after they leave, his father announces that there's going to be a big surprise for them at the end of the trip. So it's, it's a little heavy, um, but there's also there's a lot of comedy. There's, there's a lot of uh, jokes along the way. Oh, so we have five kids. And so for years and years, all we did was take road trips because you couldn't afford to fly all these people and then get, you know, two hotel rooms. So we had a pop-up camper and the whole road trip thing really struck a chord with me. I feel it's almost like a universal experience. Like, yeah, I, I definitely like, I, I actually, the, the, some of the road trip stuff is pretty realistic to how I grew up. Um, but I also didn't go on these like huge road trips. Like I would mostly go on like a two hour car drive from Cleveland, Ohio to Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, but even in that like two hours, I would experience, you know, all the same frustrations that are in the book of like, I have an older sister, which is also part of the book. And like, you know, she'd be doing her own thing and I'd want to talk to her, but then she'd be annoyed by it or she'd be annoyed by me or I want to play. I had game gear at the time. It's the early nineties and I like wasn't allowed or I'd try to read and I'd get a headache and just like all of that stuff is kind of different now, but yeah, the dynamics I think are all the same. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something about taking a car trip that brings out like the best and worst of families. (laughs) You know, it's like you have the, you have some of the funniest memories, but then you also, I think have like your biggest fights because you're hot and you're tired and you know, I mean, I, I really think now knowing what I know now about food, I mean, you're eating terrible food the whole time, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then you're wondering why the kids are freaking out. And it's like, well, they're full of artificials and chemicals. So we've we've primed yeah, the pump. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're eating, they're eating awful food. And also they like they don't have any real decision over what they're doing. Like, even though it's like it's like vacation for you and it's vacation for the kids. But it's like each day kind of has an agenda that they don't necessarily agree with. And so they're like, yeah, they're all pumped up. They think they're freaks. It's vacation. But then it's like, hey, we're actually doing this thing. And then, yeah, people get really mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything where you're just like, hey, guess what? We're going to go hiking all day. And, then you know, it's basically like a revolt where half of them are like, no, (laughs) that's always uh, that's always a good time. I think that kids will really, really like this book because, you know, like I said, so you've got a road trip and that's universal, but beyond that, just everything that this family goes through, you've managed to infuse with humor. And that's not easy. 
because there's some heavy stuff, but the characters themselves are super, super funny. And like how they react to their circumstances, just universally, it it makes you feel good. Like you feel like this family's eventually going to make it through, you know? Thank you. I mean, yeah, that's, oh, that's very, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was writing it, like I, I started it just as a comedy, like I wanted to write something that was funny and the idea was to do a road trip story. Um, but then as, as I started writing it, I just, I started putting more of my own sort of experience into it. Um, and my, my parents did pass when I was young. So I have some of that, like, firsthand experience of like what it's like as a kid, like in a very real way of, you know, how you're feeling internally, how you feel outwardly. So I wanted to put that in there, but I also didn't want it to overwhelm the book because like you're saying, if if there's a book that is just like about a specific thing and then it's just sort of taking you through that journey, it can be a little heavy And so I really did want to bring kids in of like, there's a lot of, and also even when you go through something bad, you still every day, there's funny stuff happening. Like you're not just like in grief for, you know, five years necessarily. It's like you feel bad, but also there are funny things and enjoyable things along the way. Yeah, that's so true. So was there anything specific that inspired this story? I mean, (laughs) beyond your personal experience, I guess. Yeah, it's, I was on a, similar kind of road trip with friends. Um, I had a friend who was working in Montana in the uh, governor race there. Uh, His candidate lost. um, And so he was kind of uh, bummed out about it. So he invited me and another friend to go up there and he was staying by like uh, Glacier National Parks. So we sort of did a drive going down and sort of hit a number of parks along the way. And similar to what you were saying earlier, like on these trips, we kept passing these families where it would be like, there's clearly one person in the family that's really excited about hiking. And then, you know, the the kids are like complaining or they don't know what's happening or they're on their phones or they're just taking pictures of it. Like they're just really not into it. Um, And so that was kind of the basis of just like, I'm seeing all of these families where one person loves hiking, no one else is enjoying it. But it, it also is kind of like a cozy scene. Like they all did seem more or less happy as a unit, even though each one has like their own level of happiness, depending on what's going on that day. So that's what I was kind of trying to capture of like when you're taking kids and forcing them into nature and they really don't like it, but they also secretly do like it. So trying, trying to like get both sides of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you walked that. What did I write down? You walked the line between hilarity and heartbreak because <laughs> I love alliteration. <laughs> what another, did you? I, sorry, sorry. I, I do have another specific thing. If you're interested. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Another like very specific thing. Of like, in our trip, we were at Yosemite, at um, Old Faithful, like the the geyser, and we were like waiting for 45 minutes, and a, a bus of kids pulled up behind us. It was like a school field trip. And they got out and they were just like waiting and complaining. And then the geyser actually like went off, but it was not a good eruption. It was like very weak, I guess, oh, no. even according to the, there was like one of the, according to like the, the whatever park ranger, yeah. was like this is a particularly disappointing eruption. Uh, but the kid, they were just like making fun of it. I mean, just like, this sucks. Like, why are we here? This is the worst. Um, so that was another thing of just like this, I, a lot of books for kids that take place in nature, they are about like learning to appreciate nature, which I obviously support. 
but I do really want to capture like kids also hate being told what to do in nature and being like, Hey, check this out. You need to experience this. This is the truth. This is beauty. And they really push back against that. So that was another thing of trying to create Theo, the character that's just like, yeah, it's cool. But <laughs> then he's yeah. ready to go back home. Yeah. So what, um, what places did you research? I initially, I was going to like write 10 national parks. That was kind of the plan. And I was going to like research 10 parks and they were going to spend two days in each one and have like specific misadventures related to the area. But once I started writing, um, I had written like 20,000 words and I was still on day one. Um, (laughs) I I need to make, yeah, I got, I went way over. Yeah. I decided to make it one week. And I pick the park that's closest to where I live in Austin, which is Big Bend National Park. And I I have gone to before. Um, So once I decided that I did, I took another trip there for like four days, really just to focus on like, you know, the environment, what it's like. A lot of the locations in the book, like in Terlingua Ghost Town is like the city that they stay in. I stayed at a, at an Airbnb, like, which is described exactly in the book. And they also had books in the, um, like in the house that I read, which helped a lot. Uh, there's a book called Tales of Big Bend, which tells like folk tales about the area. And there's another book that came out. It was like the summer I was writing this, like 2017 or 18 by Lawrence Wright. He's a Texas author, um, sort of the history of Texas. So I, I looked into a lot of that stuff too. So all the stuff about Big Bend should be accurate. It also oh, comes cool. from online brochure. <laughs> So yes, you can well, fact check it. I knew enough about Texas that I was for sure knowing that camping there would be a hot sticky mess. Yes. <laughs> I was I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, we've camped in Florida, like all yeah. the way down in the Keys, and that's hot. So I figured it has to be pretty similar. I did re I did research too on like uh, there's a lot of like internety stuff too like Yelp reviews I looked up actual Yelp reviews of like negative oh, one star reviews of <laughs> that's and, the you best use some of those same with the rest there's a couple of reviews of restaurants that I, t- I you know I changed the words but it's like I looked for the worst ones you know for comedy and then uh, sort of yeah added those <laughs> and then just embellished a little that's right made them even worse. Made them even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Yelp, man. I mean, they're all one or five stars. It's like if you're just okay with anything, you don't bother writing a review. So in the end, I don't know how helpful they are because it's like, well, these people hated it and these people loved it. So you just look at the ones where they hate it and you go, well, none of that applies to us. So, okay. Exactly. Yeah. They're very, there's very specific. That's what I saw too. I, there's another character in the book that, that I have a kid look up like a Yelp review of them. They're like a healer. Oh, and okay. that's the same. I looked at a bunch of like one star healer reviews and they're all like very specific of like they have an insurance dispute <laughs> oh, or it's gosh. like okay. <laughs> or someone took like a weird phone. There, there was one that's just like, you know, my therapist went outside to take a 45 minute phone call and they were yelling at their girlfriend that like threw off the vibe. It's like, oh, yeah, that man. does sound like a bad um, session. Yeah, that but, doesn't sound good. Uh, yes, probably not a great therapist. No, probably not. That's funny. It's kind of like when people one-star books because like it arrived damaged. <laughs> yes. You know, and the author's like, sorry. <laughs> That's it. I mean, yeah, the good Goodreads is another, you get a lot of five, five-star, one-star stuff there too. There's people that's just like, 
I, yeah, I thought this book would be about something else and it, it's not. So one star, I didn't. Or, or people who read kids books and they're like, well, I'm an adult and this is pretty juvenile. It's <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little for children. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I always encourage authors to stay far away from Goodreads. I mean, I, yes, I, it's good. I wish that I could. It's good advice. Um, yeah. I, I check it, I would say daily, which I know is, is bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So I will at the end of the day, hopefully. Yeah, we can edit this part out. People should know that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, We can leave this in. I am going to. I'm gonna. There's like a blocker that other authors have recommended, like so you can't look at it. And once my book actually comes out, I will. I will set that up so I can be blissfully unaware of. uh, Yeah. Whatever reviews are coming in. It's hard. I mean, the thing is, is that there is a book for everyone. So like people who say like, oh, I don't like reading. I'm always like, oh, well, then you didn't find what you like to read. I really do right. believe that. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what is a better, what would be a better system for reviewing, but Goodreads isn't really it. <laughs> I mean, I'm there because when I get, when I get e-galleys through one of the services, they require you to cross yeah. post. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm there and I don't know, it's, it could be a good thing, but like the rest of the internet, it's, it's messed up. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of, I mean, I also, I mean, I, I used to use Shelfari. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah. Was, I remember that. Yeah. It got, it got bought by Goodreads, but that was, you know, at least the purpose was like, this is your personal bookshelf and you're just sort of like keeping track. Like it wasn't like outward facing. And I think that's one of the big things with Goodreads, which some people are aware of. And I think some people, some commenters aren't of like, some people are still doing it as like, this is their individual bookshelf and they're writing like diary entries based on how they feel about books, which is, is fine. And you like, you can do that, but it's, you know, people are reading it as like a real like critique of the you know, pluses and minuses of this book. And if it's something like, oh, this main character reminded me of my uncle and I don't like him. One star. It's like, that's One not, star. you're, and then you're, you know, you're taking down the rating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, and that's what people see is that number, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, like if someone hates road trips and they just see the cover of your book, they're <laughs> yes. like, nope, one star. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I, I can't drive. This is, you know, a bummer to me. So one star. <laughs> I don't like it. Go away. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we can do about that. We need to, we need to solve the internet problem in general. So I was reading your bio, like a, like an internet creeper. And it seems like you've had a lot of jobs, sir. That that is, that is true. I have, I have worked a lot of jobs. I I am a teacher now. Um, I've taught everything from first grade to seniors in high school at different levels um, but some of the stuff in the book, like in my, well, my first job, we can go through the whole list if you're interested. I've got, oh yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. My first two jobs, I worked as a uh, concession worker at a movie theater, which was the perfect, I mean, I love movies. It was a perfect job for me, but I only, I worked there for like eight months and I got fired for not upselling a popcorn. I don't know if you've ever worked yeah, those, upselling those combos. Job. You gotta, you That's gotta right. go for the combo. Yep. That's what it was. Someone got a medium popcorn. I didn't do the, uh, you know, would you like a large for another 25 cents? Um, oh and I was, I was fired for that. So I, I worked at the pizza hut call center um, <laughs> after that. <laughs> and I worked there for like a year. I bet that was fun too. That was all. Yeah. You get a lot of, you know, pizza hut. I don't know if people know that they close at 11 
And the year that I worked there, it was, this is in Cleveland only, they did have a special donut offer that if you called between 10 and 11 p.m., you could get a donut from Pizza Hut. Wow. Uh, which was good, but also like you would just have people calling all the time asking if they could get donuts. And that's why I remember this is I just said, like, I'm sorry, sir, like donuts are not until 10, 10 p.m. If you call back call in 45 back. minutes, yes, we can, we can send a donut to your house. But anyway, so with them, when I was in college, um, I was trying to get like, a, you know, a more serious job. Um, but I didn't really have any skills because those are my two jobs. So I became a temp like in summers and stuff. And mm -hmm. because of yeah, my lack of resume, the kind of things that they sent me out for was like medical experiments. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I did some. You're uh, like, here's my blood. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yeah, I did some. Yeah, like early like Philips CAT scan. They were like changing. So they're just like, go in here. You can take a nap and you can come out. And it's like a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. I did. I mean, I think I'm fine. And I'm also, you can't tell over Zoom, but I'm pretty tall. I'm like six, four. So I also did a lot of mascot jobs. Like they would send me out to, to be um, mascots for stuff. So I've been, I've been the Energizer bunny at a, a corporate, the Energizer's corporate picnic. I've been the Cleveland Indians mascot uh, slider. For, for his birthday party, which also didn't make, like they had 30 sliders for his birthday, which didn't make sense to me. No. Just having 30 versions of someone whose birthday it is. Uh, I've been Santa Claus a bunch. Yeah, and I've and the other stuff listed there, the, uh, the dancing banana, similar. So based on my mascot yeah. experience, once I got a job at a, like a smoothie shop, this was in college, my last two years, they changed their hours. So they had like a morning like they were introducing breakfast okay, um, and they needed someone outside to, you know, let it known that they now had breakfast and you could come at 6am. And so I was, I volunteered to be the, the banana. So I was, I was outside twirling the sign saying, you know, come on in breakfast at 6am, come get a smoothie. We have coffee now, all that kind of stuff. And I did that for like uh, eight months, I think. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. You I mean, it's fun. It, it, it is enjoyable if you're like, well, I guess it's enjoyable at every age. I think I think I've moved beyond it. I would find it hard to do now, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it at the time. So, is it really hot in those suits? Yes, that that's a good question. That's that's I'd say the the most difficult part, especially the Energizer Bunny suit. This was in a like rural Ohio, is where they had their picnic. So there were there were three bunnies because we could only be outside for like an hour at a time. So we would, you know, go out, bang the drum. It was like 102. And then we'd have to go, go back, give it to the next person. So we wouldn't like pass out. <laughs> I just picture as the hour goes on, the drumming is like slower and <laughs> <Yeah>. slower. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the Energizer Bunny never stops. I don't know. If yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, we had to, yes, make, make sure to keep up the, uh, keep up the drum. <laughs> I feel like that's, there's some sort of a, uh, a connection to be made to writing there, you know, <laughs> it's like, you, you start out strong. <laughs> oh, I mean, all of the, I mean, there, there's more to, I, I won't uh, keep going, but yeah, all, I mean, all this stuff definitely does tie into, um, into writing. Like I also deliberately, you know, I'm taking these jobs also to just like be in weird situations as well. Like, you know, I don't necessarily have to do this stuff. I'm sure I could find other jobs to do, but it is fun to me. Like I do like to be in these, you know, situations you meet and interact with people that you, you know, wouldn't otherwise, you know, get to be around. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I worked at, at a Six Flags when I was in oh, college nice. 
and they pretty rapidly took me out of the game area and put me on as security because they thought I would be like anonymous looking enough that I could catch shoplifters. But it turned out I was like too afraid to actually approach anyone, even if I saw them stealing, because <laughs> I was like, I just always call for someone else. I'm like, OK, well, they're right there, but I'm not going up to them. And what I, were people stealing? Were they stealing like stuffed animals and stuff? Yeah. And like T-shirts and like keychains. And I still don't understand why they were having like an 18 year old girl do that with like zero <laughs> training, yeah. you know, because some of these some of the people were like, you know, like big guys. And I'm like, I don't care that they stole a keychain from Six Flags. So, <laughs> yeah, it, caught, it probably cost like 30 cents also. It's right. Like, uh, and then I was like, what am I going to do? Like, if he's if he just starts running. I'm going to be like, okay, bye. <laughs> oh, you got, you got to chase him down. You can't, you can't let him get that keychain. <laughs> that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. So then after a while, then they took me off of that. And then I worked like, just like backstage, which was, which was way better. Cause air conditioning. Cause you see, it's like a theme I, with I, me. I'm all like, I don't really want to get indoors. Yeah. Got to get indoors. <laughs> I had a, um, one of, I think I listened this too. I, once I was in Texas, I similar, I was still temping here and there while I was like getting my teaching certification. And I did a number of like parking events, like Texas events, UT football games, concerts, that kind of thing. And it was the same. It was like, I was, you know, like the security guard of the parking lot, but it's like, yeah, if someone's going to steal a car, it's like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, it's Goodbye. I, <laughs> happened. Yeah. Thank, thankfully. But also, yeah, it was like, this was, you know, August, June, July, like it's, it is yeah. over a hundred degrees. I, I've definitely got to the point of like hallucinating, feeling like I was going to pass out, just like staring at these cars and keeping track of the tickets and all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to stereotype yeah, Texas and say that it was like nearly all pickup trucks. It, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're pretty okay. much correct. Pickup trucks, SUVs, you know, some motorcycles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of huge yeah. cars. Yeah. Also well, they... people don't love to listen to like, Hey, you need it. You, you actually can't go in this lane. I'm going to need you to scoot over. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of that, too. <laughs> a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, don't tell me where to drive. So were you in China? Did I read that, too? Yeah, that, so, um, right that's after, very cool. right after, yeah, I, this was, I mean, this was a good 11 years ago, so it was a much, much different, Time, like, yeah. U.S.-Chinese relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was there for uh, two years in Shenzhen um, teaching English and then for a year in Hong Kong teaching and that was another thing of, you know, I, I really learned a lot about not just about other people, but about teaching and about writing there. Like when you're teaching the English language to people that are not as familiar with it, you do just learn a lot about the kind of words that you use, like in your ordinary life and kind of how weird they are. So it, it did kind of give me a, a reappreciation of like how to both how to write simply and how much you can change meaning just with very simple words. And I think that's yeah. in my writing. I do kind of write, I try to use like fairly easy words, not really like vocabulary style words. Yeah. Well, I think that makes more sense because when you're reading it, then it's more, it's more real. It's like, like people actually talk. Right. Yes. So yeah. I, I like that. So the number one question that everybody in book club asks me is like, they'll read the book and love it and say, is this a series? <laughs> I, I've actually been surprised to get that from a couple people that read the book too. 
I I didn't envision it as a as a series. I thought of this as just like a standalone. This is like one week in this family's life, and it's an important week. And there's a lot of changes, and you learn a lot about these characters. But I'm I'm certainly not opposed to it. Like if you know if people like the book and there's a you know a, a demand for it, and my editors also agree, I would be I would be very happy to write yeah to write some kind of uh, like a year later or I yeah I think there's a number of ways that I could. Oh, I could yeah. write something with the same family, you know? Yeah. I think that would be very cool because as much as, I mean, there is an actual ending and it's, it's satisfying for a reader, but I wasn't really ready to just like not see them again. Like I, I would definitely read another book. That's very nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to write another book. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Get enough people to buy it. Um, I'm in. So we should talk spoilers. We have to give one spoiler so that everybody gets super psyched. So do you want to set it up? Uh, sure. The, there are a couple things I could spoil. I would say the, the big sort of exciting scene, which I think is on the back cover, is there is a, a bear attack that takes place um, about midway through the vacation. And here, too, I did a fair amount of research. These should be the official... They are the official like Texas wildlife. So again, I don't know how verified they are, but what you should do if you come across a bear. <laughs> that um, was so uh, the truth. Yeah, that was actually really, really cool because I thought I have to be careful how I say this, but <laughs> I thought it was like a great way. I mean, it was almost like a character exposition because the way everyone reacted was exactly how you would think that person would react. Do you know what I mean? It just really showed their characters like that much more. I really tried it in that, that scene in particular, I wrote it like a uh, kind of like a play. I okay. kind of left that in. I don't fully remember what's in it. Like I just had character cause it happens pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. So I just had like character name and then what they were saying. Yeah. Just as like a list of like each person's going to say three things and then they're going to interact a little bit. So that is kind of how I approached it. I was like, yeah, each character is going to have this specific reaction and then I'm going to sort of create what happens based on what they would say. Yeah. So you haven't actually had a bear attack. I, I have not had a bear attack on the trip that I was talking about though in Yosemite, there was a bear like active Okay. and we passed it in the car. We were probably 10 feet away and then also the uh, where we where we're at in Glacier Park, um, my friend's dad, his or his grandfather, like was a longtime Glacier Park park ranger, and he was really like he he knew a lot about bear attacks, and he gave us bear spray, which is also real. Yeah. Um, so we were carrying around those bear spray canisters, which I which I didn't know about, and yeah, he also gave us like a huge knife, and he was very concerned. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and actually, I mean, we didn't have anything happen, but like a week later, um, the trail that we were on was closed because there were two bear attacks in, in a week. So we we luckily missed it, but oh, wow. I guess there, there was an active uh, bear in the area. Yeah, yeah, we looked out. You guys were just the, you just pushed those bears over the edge. They're like, we've had it. Humans, get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, may, they may have saw our knife too. Maybe they know the, the grandfather. They have an old relationship. Maybe. Maybe we didn't, and all our years of camping, we, well, we camped, when we camped in the Smoky Mountains, we had to use one of those bear like lockers because we had a pop-up camper oh, yeah. 
And so the bottom is like fiberglass, but the top is like a canvas tent, but like it pops out. And so bears can smell through that just like a tent. So you couldn't have any food in there, in the camper or any food in your car, in your trunk. You had to like leave it all. Did you do that? Like hanging it from a tree thing? No, they had like lockers set up. So you had to just like big lockers, like kind of by the ranger station, which was, so there was like no, no snacking. You know, after you, after you went in there, it's like, that's it. All our food's like half a mile away. Um, Have you had any like wild animal uh, camping experiences? Ironically, at Disney World, we were canoeing and saw an alligator. Wow. So, yeah. And he just sat there and stared at us. And like, we were not too sure if we should keep going or turn around. And we ended up just kind of going right by him and he barely opened his eyes so was this by yourself though or this was like a no it was like me and like two kids (laughs) (laughs) and they're like mom what should we do and i'm like "Uh, i don't know i mean we're at the campground at disney world i was not expecting yeah i was just like the the magic uh, kingdom yeah area or whatever well they have a a campground called fort wilderness and you can it's like a full-on super fancy campground like they have the best showers of any campground i've been in in the u.s like that is the place to go camping but i you know obviously it's on that big lake like if you've ever been to the magic kingdom there's like a really big lake right next to it and then so like you're camping kind of on the other side and it's really fun because you're actually camping but it's a really really nice campground and then like if you're going to the theme park, you go down to the dock and they like drive you over there on a boat. So oh, wow. it's very relaxing, you know, till you get there and then it's just you're walking around in the in the hot on the concrete. But yes, with that with alligators sometimes. Yeah, with alligators sometimes. Yeah, that was really sad when that little kid got eaten by an alligator. And I mean, oh, we yeah. were all like we told them there was alligators. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was like the I mean, same yeah, lake. I don't know. Have they done uh, like new safety precautions around there. <laughs> I think they just... now they're like yanking. I don't think they can stop gators from getting in there, but I think they're right. pulling them out when they get to be of whatever size. Like a certain, yeah, when they're too big. And I know now by the hotels, they've got like a, like a net thing or something. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're doing something cause that would be a huge liability. <laughs> but when that happened to us, it was more like, I don't know, 2001, 2002. So yeah, it's, I've had a lot of um, like, I'm very worried about snakes. Um, Just, I don't know. I just have some sort of like primal fear of snakes. Yeah. So I, I've had a lot of like, I, and I also have not done the smart thing of like learning about snakes and knowing which ones are bad or dangerous or whatever. So I just assume all of them can just like kill me in a second. Uh, Um, So I, yeah, I've had a lot of like snake, stopping running being very scared but no, nothing ever too bad yeah and isn't that funny bitten. you would think if you're afraid of something you would try to learn all about it but that's not what we do we're all just like that's well, bad let's just leave it at that i also just like can't i mean it's something like um you know i teach like when i show pictures of like a spider or something and like kids get really freaked out i mean i do too but it's the same it's like i can't look at pictures of snakes like i don't <laughs> i don't enjoy it so i i can't devote the time to do the research but My I daughter's should. like that. She won't even go into that snake building at the zoo. <laughs> oh, like yeah. she will not I, go in, even though there's like, they're all behind that really thick no. glass. She's like waiting but, out here. I mean, <laughs> since she was a little kid. 
I I'm I'm with her. I don't, yeah. I can relate. I mean, we we've all uh, read Harry Potter. We know that. Uh, <laughs> we know that can, someone's uh, gonna magic that glass right down. <laughs> that's right. You know it. You never know. Yeah, and also, yeah, if you're afraid of snakes, I also feel that, that they can sense it. So if you go in there, they're all already, uh, you know, looking at you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, that's one thing you don't have to worry about. No one's going to compare your book to Harry Potter because that's always the. That is true. That am, is like the go to for middle grade. Is it like Harry Potter? No, <laughs> I, the the cover. I actually I have had someone compare Theo on the cover to looking like Harry Potter, which I will take as a good thing. If they yeah. can Harry Potter on a road trip, I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, Harry would have never really gotten a road trip out of the Dursleys, so I mean, good for him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he would have loved it. Yeah. All those muggles. Um, what else do we have on our list? Oh yeah, what are you reading? What are you reading lately? Um, Besides I've your got- book. I have read my book about 70 times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how does that work? At some point, do you not even notice mistakes because you just keep reading it? I I mean, I wish. I'm kind of the opposite of like, I, I can't not notice new like things that are mistakes to me. So I just have to like cut myself off from correcting stuff. But yeah, it's a long, like I finished, like finished um, the book in like 2018, more, like more or less like final oh. drafts, but with edits. Okay. Well, let's sidetrack to that. So okay. then yeah. if you finished it then, like, did you already have an agent? Cause like, I always love to hear about the process. Sure. No, I was completely like, um, I wrote it. I started it as like a national novel writing month kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, but I was not like good at keeping up. Like I had only written like 12,000 words at the end of the month, but okay. I, I liked what I wrote. So it took me about not like a year, to be honest, like it was like October to October, more or less. And then, yeah, 2018, I had the finished manuscript along that time, just as a way of procrastinating. I was doing all the agent searching query stuff, like all of that. I really didn't know anything about it. I just used, you know, all these online resources and I was querying for about six months. Okay sending it out in batches. And then for whatever reason, uh, in, in March, like after I was truly ready, ready to stop, like I had like 70, we like it, but it's not, we don't love it. This is a little quiet, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I did have, I got two offers in, in two days, just like back to back. Oh man. And then I had to, yeah, I'd like same. I didn't actually know what to do. I did research online being like, what, what am I supposed to do here? I talked to some clients of, of the different agents. And then once I had, um, you know, picked, picked an agent, signed with him, um, we went back and forth four or five times, um, another couple months. Then the book went out. It went, it, you know, it was similarly, it was like a round of going through yeses, maybes, nos. And then, well, mostly maybes and nos. One, one person again said yes. So for, for struggling authors out there, all you need are two yeses. You need an agent <laughs> yes, and you need one editor yes. Everybody else can say no, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. Yep. It's going to come out. And then that was another about eight, nine months. And that was sort of the real revision. So yeah, I don't mean to say my book was done, but like I was done with my first draft and the book okay. was made way better with, with my agent and with my editor. So that was about another eight months. So I would say like the finished book has been done since about last March. But even then, yeah, you get like four or five more chances. 
Okay. And you're, you're kind of not supposed to go in and make like big edits. You're just supposed to correct grammar and stuff. Okay. But I'm still like crossing out lines and inserting jokes and stuff, which I don't know <laughs> if they like, but they, they haven't complained about it. Well, that's good. Yes. Wow. So, yes. It, it's, okay. a, it's a very long process. It's about, yeah, four years from, from beginning to end. And uh, it's gone through, yeah, all kinds of different alterations through that time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. So do you have another book in the works? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm working on it now. The similar, like going through all those changes, I have been working on a second book. And because of the pandemic, I got a lot of work done on it, but I, I, it's not necessarily great. Like, I think it was a lot of like, I did, I was kind of brain fried. Sure. So I'm having to go back and make adjustments to it. But it's kind of similar, like it is a comedy. Um, this one is set in France on a farm, also based on like a somewhat of a personal experience. And it's mostly funny, but has a little bit of like the sadder, uh, darker stuff in it as well. So I'm about 90% done with it and it should be going out uh, soon. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's good. Because yes. at least then there's something coming out from you. We'll just yes. have to wait a little bit. Yes, we'll see. I don't, it's kind of, yeah, I like talking to other people whose books have just come out. It seems like it's a very different, like some people have a book coming out next year. Some people it's like three years. Some people are still working on it. It seems like a very, everyone's kind of on their own timeline. Yeah, you don't really know. I mean, and then some people like, they're like they're they're publicizing one book that's coming out or is just out but then they are like a they already know that like a year from now there's another one coming out which means that yeah. i'm assuming they had already had that second book done yes <laughs> so it's very yeah i'm i am a slow writer i'm just not that fast so yeah, it, yeah it, it takes it takes me a while i have i have a lot of respect for the, the people that just like yeah they're sitting Frank on their own yeah. yeah or they're like they have like five books done and they're more or less just like waiting, waiting their time to to put them out. It's like I'm I'm starting from scratch every time I <laughs> every time I start over. Yeah, everybody has a different process. And that's why I always tell kids that like you don't have to worry if the way you know you write is, you know, isn't like how your friend writes. Exactly. You know, that it's all it's so individual. You know, everything from from plotting. I know some people write a book and they don't even know the end until they've written it. That is definitely how, how I write. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I don't recommend this either. Again, like you said, every, everyone has yeah. their own, but no, I really am like a, uh, I try to write a little bit each day when I have time, but w with working and stuff, it's usually at this point, mostly like Saturdays. And so okay. I'll try to write for like three to four hours before noon. And it's, yeah, I will try to like during the week, I percolate an idea for a scene and then I try to sit down and write it. And then over that next week, I'm thinking ahead to the next scene. And that's kind of how I do it. But it really is just like I sit down and, and yeah, kind of do it on the spot. Yeah, that's super interesting. All right. So what are you, what are you reading? You want to promote somebody yes. else's Re middle Recommendations, grade? of course. Recommendations, um, yes. One, uh, one that, I mean, this is pretty popular. I think it just won the Newberry. It was a Newberry Prize winner is A Wish in the Dark by Christina Suntornvat. Um, it's really good. I had not read it last year. Um, we talked a little bit about this before the interview, but uh, like you, I run a lit club at my school. 
And this has far and away been the most popular book that we've read all year. I'm like, I have to keep kids from reading ahead. They're really into it. They're making outside projects. Um, and for people that aren't um, aware of it, it's, uh, it's based on Les Mis, but it's set in Thailand. And it has some sort of mystical elements to it as well. And if there's students that kind of know nothing about Thailand, there's also a lot of really evocative descriptions in the book. And we've only like read the first part altogether so far. But even in doing that, there were some kids that made like slideshows of like the fruit that's featured in the book. And they did all this research about like, there's a description of like a durian, which I'm familiar with from, from China and from Hong Kong, but they had no idea about. And so they're looking up videos of like what durian smells like. It smells very bad if you, if you don't know. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, they got, they got really into it. So I definitely recommend it for kids, also for adults. It's a really good read. Um, and then two other books that I really like that are coming out soon. Um, one is called Thanks a Lot Universe by Chad Lucas. He's a Canadian writer. And this is a book if you teach like seventh, eighth grade. For me as a teacher, I think there's a real gap between like middle grade and young adult books. Same. And this is like the perfect, the kids are, I think, freshmen in high school, but the way that they talk, the way that they interact, the things that they're going through are so real and connected to like a seventh, eighth grade audience. Like it's not scandalous. There's not anything that's like above their maturity level. Right. And yeah, it's a, it's a book that I also really like because it's like, it's not about popular kids. It's not about outcasts. You know, it's not about people that have a very specific thing. Like they are just like kids that are a little quiet, a little bit left on the side. And it's sort of them forming a friendship together. So I, I really, I really highly oh, that sounds recommend nice. That. Yeah. I, I like to call that like an upper middle grade. Yeah. Because again, I know I've said this before. I feel like middle grade is just too big of an age spread. I mean, a fourth yes. grader and an eighth grader are not interested in the same books. Yeah. So. And I'd, for boys in particular, um, I yeah. really think like a lot of boys don't like young adult books. I know. Like they like they love Diary of a Wimpy Kid. You know, they love that kind yeah. of stuff. But then once they're like 13, there aren't a lot of books like uh, like Chad's book where it's like, this is what you're going through right now. It's not like, you know, insanely dramatic. These are real emotions. They, you know, worrying about having a crush, worrying about being anxious. Like yeah. the kind of that all kids feel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there is a real, a real opening for this kind of books. Yeah, it's really hard for me um, with my teen group to to choose books to to balance out because YA is really dominated one by fantasy and yeah. two by female protagonists. And not yes. that boys can't read a book with girls in it, but also I don't want to spend the whole year <laughs> not having any male characters. So. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a harder sell to boys who, is, I mean, in yeah. my experience, are just more, yeah, like the sort of reluctant reader category. Yeah, yeah. Speak, those are usually boys, or at least most typically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, hard to get a lot of those boys off of graphic novels because yeah. they really, you know, they really like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. They like, like the Sunny books. They like, yeah. you know, Smile. They like, you know all of those. And so it's like, not that they don't want to read about girls. That's not it at all. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot harder to find, you know, books that are really going to capture their imagination. Yeah. At that or stage. That there's, there's also, I think another thing of it, especially when you're doing like lit club stuff 
is, you know, I, and I try to get to this in my book too, is like boys don't want to talk about their feelings, even though they have crushes, they have friendship drama, they have all of these things that are in these books. They don't, they don't want to be as real about it, you know? Yeah. Connecting it to their life. But I, I do think there is that sort of secret hunger of like, they, they would like to read a book about, you know, young boys that have crushes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually had a couple 12 year old boys say like, is there a romance I could read? And I'm yes. all like, ha, ha. <laughs> sit down, let me throw a giant list of books at you. <laughs> Which I can, is, you I know, it's more than they bargained for. I'm like, ah, oh, you guys have to learn. If you ask me for book recommendations, I'm going to be like throwing them at you. <laughs> do you, do you have any recommendations, things that you've read recently? Um, Gosh, hold on. I, you know, yeah, I am like, more than me. I am so, okay, here's the thing. So I read books and I love them, right? And I love, love, love them. And then someone says that to me and I'm all like, uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I had I had to write mine. I have another one too, so I, I can go oh, if you're looking. No, I'm looking. Hold on, I'm going to go on my Goodreads and I'm going to just tell you what I just read this week as soon as it loads. Hey, I read your book. Um, you. Oh, you know what I finished? It's for uh, it's for teenagers, but I read You Can Go Your Own Way by Eric Smith. Hmm. Highly recommend. Uh, that could go like, for upper middle grade too, even though I guess it's YA. Is it uh, a Fleet, Fleetwood Mac um, reference? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And every time I, I read the title, I just start singing the, that's, the that's song. That's what I heard when you said it. I know. And it's actually about a boy who his dad dies. And so it's him and his sister and his mom. And they're trying to keep the family arcade going. And of course, some big chain wants to buy them out. Yeah, that does sound really good. What, and that was really, really good. Uh, what else have I read? I have read, I read Leonard by Carly. I'm going to, I'm probably going to massacre your last name, Carly, wherever you are, Soros Sayak. And Leonard is a book about an alien that comes to earth. And in this culture, they can come to earth and they spend like a gap year here, but something goes wrong on his way down and he becomes a cat. And so he's spending his year on Earth as a cat. That sounds great to me. It's really, really, really funny. And that's solid middle grade. It just came out April 13th. So it's pretty new. It's super, super funny. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, really funny. Um, Graphic novel. I read Shoe Wars by Liz... Pichon, P-I-C-H-O-N, Pichon, Pichon. I really have to learn how to say people's names. Okay. Uh, It is sort of a half graphic novel and half not. It's really, I guess, would you call it like a highly illustrated novel? Like not as illustrated as like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but not just all words, Like like a black and white drawing on every page. There's but some there's some technical publishing word for this, but I yeah, I like I like highly illustrated. It's a nice word. Yeah, highly illustrated. It's big. It's 448 pages, so it's not like a little light book. It's like a full on middle grade book, and it's about a family who has a shoe factory, and then there's like a Cruella Deville type character who comes in and wants to take over. It's very over the top, goofy, funny. I like that. Yeah, I, I like having having a mix of those in the library too. 
Because I think those also in sort of lit club circles, the, the silly and goofy books kind of never get read. But that is what kids like to read on their own, not exclusively, yeah. but a lot of the time. Like those are the books that that go first. You know, what's funny is how many teens will still like when I say to them, like every once in a while we get ahead and I'll say, listen, let's just pick a book. Like you guys shout out some books that like you've read that you think we should read. Yeah. And these kids are like 13 and 14 and they're still shouting out middle grade books. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, there is definitely that age spread, right? I mean, everybody just likes a funny book. So I think even, you know, the, the other, that this is somewhat related to this of, of writing a middle grade book. The thing that I kind of didn't think through or forgot about is I wrote this from the intention of like my students and sort of judging the things that they like and don't like and find funny. And I forgot about the fact that it's like everybody that sees my book before it gets to the hands of students is an adult and they are the people that are actually reading them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, that's yeah. The... It's just, it's so hard to know like what, what kids actually, you know, like and enjoy. Well, and kids hate being talked down to. So I really, yeah. I really do feel like if like a good story is a good story for anyone. I mean, like adults right. may want to read books about other adults and that's yeah. you know obviously fine. Right. But also if it's a good middle grade book, the parents are going to really think it's funny and good too. Right. You know, and hopefully, yeah, it, le it levels up and down and can be enjoyable for everybody. Right. Right. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. So thank yeah. you so much. Oh, thank for coming you. This on. Is great. I wish I could release the video of this, but you see that like my foam is falling off the wall and I'm <laughs> sitting here in the dark. But soon, 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 I'm going to start putting these up on YouTube, I think. So that'd be great. You yeah. can just you can use this studio. I think it's OK. People, people, it's will, okay. Relate. people <laughs> will relate. They'll be like, yes, yeah, she is a mom of five yeah. kids. Look at her I'm, hiding in the dark. <laughs> I'm just at a, I'm at my kitchen table. So it's not. I know. Well, at least. Yeah. At least you're all bright. At least I, I have a little bit of light. That's right. That's true. All right. Well, thank you again. I really yeah, had a so great much. time and I love meeting you. Yeah, you too. And yeah, thank you again for um, putting my book on the list. I'm yeah, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to be hitting you up to come talk to my kids too. So yeah, you know. for sure. It's next year sometime. Yeah, it's next year sometime. Because, okay. you yeah, know, yeah. so many books, so little time. I wish they'd there's read a, faster. You know, I'm like, hurry up, hurry up. I'm similar to what I was saying it like yeah I we've I think read eight books this year and there's I could have read 20 with half the students but you know you I gotta know. you gotta pace it to the to the average yeah you do all right but all right yeah thank you so much yeah thank you that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at bookish underscore society and on Twitter at bookish society. And of course, on our website, thebookishsociety.com. Thanks again to Chris Rieger for his audio engineering magic.